0: In a short lifetime, he accomplished more than what an average person accomplishes in many lifetimes. He reached levels which we can only dream of. A prolific writer and a person who teaches us the way of life until today. This is the story of Rabbi Moshe Chaim Lozado, the Ramchal. The Ramchal was born Moshe Chaim Lozado in 1707 in Padua the Republic of France, to Yakovita and Diamente. Lizzato. He had private teachers teaching him until he was bar mitzvah. Now, Shabzai Tzvi was in the mid 1600s, just for a little context. So he was born about 50, 60 years after that catastrophe. His two main rabbin were Rav Yishaya Basan, and his father-in-law, Rabbi Akhoyin, the Talmud of Rav Moshe Zakuta. Now, in general, the Italians were very educated people. People flocked there, particularly for their medical university. Young Chaim himself knew many languages and went to university and got an education there. By the time he was 15 years old, he knew Shas Paiskim and that Rizal. that's 15 volumes just in Rizal. he wrote a play called Myses Shimshon at the age of 16 when he was 17 he wrote a sefer called Lashon Limudim on grammar and writing at 20 he wrote his own Tehillim as well as Migdaloys and Chanukah Asharon he wrote poems he had a way of writing which was simple, it was easy to read but it was incredibly deep it had a taste of the Italian style, as well as being true to the terra taste, the Kedusha. He wrote the drama Migdal Oz when his friend got married, Yisrael Binyamin Basani. It was a four-act play which illustrated the victory of justice over iniquity. He left his Rebbe at 15 and he joined a group when he was 17 called Mevakshe Hashem, or there he learned Zoyar, and the goal of this group was to learn Kabbalah and to serve Hashem L'Shem Shemayim, purely L'Shem Shemayim, to be Masak in the Gula and bring the Shechina closer to the world. They practiced what is called practical Kabbalah, such as we find in the Gemara that Hanina and Rav would make a calf every Erev Shabbos this delicious calf purely from the Sefer Yetzirah. They also did all sorts of Yichudim of Hashem's name, combinations of letters to make up different Shemus of Hashem. When he was 20 years old, his life changed because he was introduced to a Magid. Now a Magid is a Malach which learns with people down here. The Beis Yosef, or Beis of Cairo, is famous for having one. He wrote a sefer called Magid Meshar, and based off what he learned with that Malach, the Ramchal's Magid told him which Yechudim to say in order to be able to hear the Magid speaking. And then through all of these Shemas, he was able to talk back. He was able to work his way up to conversing with the Magid then he was worthy of learning with Elio Hanavi and apparently there was a Malach named Matak who also came and learned with him. This is something that he mentioned in a letter to his Rebbe. When he would have these conversations with the Magad, he would collapse on a table and go into a trance, as if he fell asleep. Then he would wake up and write fervorously hundreds of pages and then he would conk back out head hit hit the table blacked out for a little while longer and then he would j- jump up again and write furiously before he was 27 he wrote a safer on Kehelis, a new zohar which was at least 800 pages long with tiny letters small print 800 pages he wrote another 500 pages on Chumish, just to have a basic idea of what the Ramchal left behind in the 39 years that he was alive. Here are some of the books that the Ramchal wrote. Okay, here are some of his farm. He wrote Maise Shemshun, Lashon Limudim, the Migdal Oiz, the Zoyar Kahalas, Shivim Tikunim. this is Can I Get the Tikun Zayar? the Zoyar Tinyana, that uh, no longer exists, we don't know where that is, the Klalois Ha'ilan, which was an overview of the Ari's basic Kabbalah. Maimar Hashem, Maimar Hamerkava, Kova, Maimar Shemem where he talks about the 42 letter name of Hashem. Maimar Hadin, Maimar Achochma, which talks about Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur and Pesach from uh, a Kabbalah perspective. Maimar Hagula, Maimar HaNavua, Mishkone Elyoin which talks about the Kabbalah behind the Beis Hamikdash and designs the third Beis Hamikdash. talks about the dimensions of what the the next Beis Hamikdash is going to look like, the last, final Beis Hamikdash. He wrote the Ein Yisrael, the Ein Yaakov, the Mechamas Hashem, which defends Kabbalah against those who frowned upon it. The Kinnas Hashem Tzavakos, which spoke about the final Geulah and Mashiach. He wrote the Sefer Adir Bamarim, which was a parish on Idra-Rabba, which is a section of the Zayar. He wrote Igreus Chachma Vadas, where he talks about the fundamentals of Emunah from a Kabbalistic perspective. Sefer Daniel, on Sefer Daniel. Tictu Tefillis, which is a 515 Tefillis that Davin for... A Hashem, the Daven, so that the world will understand Malchus He wrote Kitzer kavanas, which is an overview of whatever recorded Kavanis that we had. He wrote Maimer Havikuach. This is a a discussion between a Meqobol versus a rationalist. He wrote Klach Pizchei Chachma, which talks about the way the Ramchal thought about the symbolic nature of Kisve Ari and the way Ramchal explains it. He wrote Arikhas Klalos Ha'elon, talking about the Itzadas. He wrote a sefer called Klalum, which is a bunch of short presentations on the main ideas of Kabbalah. He wrote Das Tvunas, which explains the duality of positive and negativity that exists in this world. And explains how this shows Hashem's giloi and nister from humanity, from this world. And how there can be good and evil. Teresh al-Majash Rabbah, which was more of a symbolic safer than Kabbalistic. He wrote there Hashem, where he lays out the basic Jewish fundamental obligations in relation to Hashem. He wrote Maimer al-Ha'agadus which he describes the Agadah sections of the Gemara as being a metaphor, not literal. He wrote Mayim Karim. It's like Derech Hashem, going through the, the basic fundamentals of Yiddishkeit. He wrote Derech Chachma. This is also a dialogue. It's a conversation between a young person and a Chacham, where the Chacham describes life going through Torah and culminating in the study of Kabbalah. He wrote the Qa'cha Chochmah ve'a which was the first draft of Masih Lashasharim which he changed into the Masih Lashasham that we know today which is the one that he printed which uh, now it's a step by step guide to growth. He wrote this when he was 33 in the year 1740 there is the Sefer Haddikdok a book on grammar Sefer HaHigayon, which teaches a person how to think and analyze. He wrote Maimir Al-Hajrasha, which encourages learning Kabbalah and Mussar. He wrote Sefer HaMalitza, which teaches the art of writing accurately and how to express yourself. He wrote Derech Tevunais, which explains the way the Gemara thinks. He also wrote Layasharm Tehila. This is all before the age 27. Now, this is when his life started getting complicated. Until now, things are pretty simple. He sat and learned, but then a Talmud from Vilna sent letters home from this Chabura of Mevachshay Hashem, and he was speaking about his Rebbe doing all these spooky stuff at the age of 20. He said we could hear, we could hear this Malach speaking from his mouth, that uh, Avraham, Moshe, and other Mirushim come to him. Some some were claiming that he was a Gilgal of Rabbi Akiva. It turns out that he also lived to the age of he lived to the age of 40, which was when Rabbi Akiva started learning. And whether he's actually buried there or not, his caver is right next to Rabbi Akiva. This Talmud sending the letters back um, these letters were what got him in trouble when people started finding out about him. Um, he later became a Rav and defended the Ramchal, uh, and It's very likely that he was the one that gave the Romchal's writings to the Gra, who praised them profusely. Now, in 1668 was the Helmunitsky Massacre, followed by Shabzai Tzvi 15 years later. The Jewish people at this point in history were amidst a spiritual disaster. And when they heard about this 20-year-old doing spooky Kabbalistic things and being very charismatic and sweeping people away with these things we can't understand, they got very nervous. All the Rabbanim, Rev. Moshe Chagiz spoke out against him. He wrote the Likwad HaKemach. He was, Rev. Moshe Chagiz was the one who took down Nechem Yochiyuv, who was a big uh, Shabzat Tzvinek. Rav Moshe Chaim Zorabayim Rav Shain defended him. The Michal didn't get married until he was 24 which was strange back then. He was in Chutz and Magidim don't speak to people in Chutz generally. He also was clean-shaven. He didn't go to the mikvah on Erev Shabbos because he didn't need it. All of these things raised the eyebrows. He didn't do tanesim or uh, personal afflictions. He wrote things that did sound hoadi, gaivede. He said that Eliyahu Anavi said that there are machalas oppressions in person's neshama that Hashem reveals these things to. He spoke a lot about Mashiach, again, coming off of Shabzai That was a big red flag. When people read his sfarim, they said, like, you're not writing any chidushim and his response to that was then you don't get it you didn't read it right because he interwove the deepest concepts into the most simple writings most of the people that spoke out against him never actually met him just based on the letters and rumors they went out against him and said this this we can't have another movement like so at 23 because of this pressure, he swore to stop making sparim from the Magid or any safer written in Lushan Zohar. At that point, at 24, he got married and he learned tomorrow with his Khabura. Rav Moshe ordered that all of his farm be burnt. It was scary to have someone who was saying that Musha Rabenu, Avram Avinu, and Elio Hanavi were calling him their mentor, their Rebbe. There were rumors going around that his Tehillim was supposed to replace Dovra but but uh, obviously Ram Moshe Chaim and Roshaya Basan totally denied that. Very few of his writings survived. So he handed over all of his writings to his Rebbe, Rev Yeshaya Basan, uh, because all the Rabbanim in Italy were threatening to put him in Cherim. In 1735, Rav Moshe Lozato left Italy for Amsterdam because he felt that over there it was a little bit more of a liberal environment and he'd be able to learn Kabbalah there. As he was passing through Germany, he asked the local rabbunem there to be able to protect him from the threats that he was running away from, from the Italian Rabbanim. They did not back him up in Germany and they forced him to sign a document saying that Everything that he learned from the Maggid, everything that he wrote down from the Maggid, was false. Everyone was really scared about the pers- his persona and what it- they saw what something someone like him can do. So in Frankfurt, they took away his svarim and they made him sign that document. They put his svarim in Chirim in Italy and they burnt half, they buried half, they gave it to his Rebbe. He spent 10 years in Amsterdam and that's where he wrote Derech Hashem. And two of the fundamental Mussar and Ashkofis farm that we have today. In Amsterdam, he was accepted as a gadol. Misilas Zicharim was actually written twice, originally as a conversation between a chacham and a chassid. The Ramchal himself printed the one that we have today. Vilna Gaon got a hold of Misilas Zicharim after the Ramchal passed away. And he said that not a single extra word is written in the first 13 chapters. And this is the Gura who was able to find 613 mitzvahs encoded in the single word Beracious. After the 13 chapters, um, the Gura found that there was an extra word f- quoted from a Gemara. Uh, that turned out to be a misprint. There were more rumors that Rav Chaim's Rebbe, Rav Isha'i Basan Basan um, was sending back some of his writings to be published uh, through secret channels, and everyone got into a, a frenzy, and it was a major uproar, and there were some very intense letters written between Rav Moshe Chagiz and, Rav, and uh, Yaakov Poppers and, and Rev Ishai Basan threatening to destroy their name if they don't hand over all of the Ramchal Svarim and bring them to Venice. So, the Ramchal's Rebbe was forced to give over the Svarim and they were buried and looked at as Kafira In Amsterdam, he wrote, but he didn't teach. He also wrote Das Tvunas in Amsterdam. That's a conversation between the Sechel and the Neshama. The girl commented that if the Ramchal would have still been alive, he would have walked from Vilna to learn by Rav Moshe Chaim feet. In Amsterdam, he also wrote poetry and drama. And even though they don't seem to be Svarim and uh, Sifra Kadish, there are people who have read into it to be able to see these these Kabbalistic undertones. There was a chazin of the Svardi Shul in Amsterdam, Avram Kasseris, and he worked with Rav Moshe Chaim to write music to his poems. Eventually, in 1743, uh, Rav Moshe Chaim was frustrated that he wasn't able to be learning Kabbalah the way he wanted to. And he head out, headed out to Eretz Israel and settled in Akko. Three years later, he and his entire family died in a plague. It's pretty accepted that he is buried in Kafir Yassif, since Kafir Yassif is uh, in Arab territory we go to his caver in Vikiva uh, in Tveria. We, we would have to figure out how he got from Akko to Tveria. His original shul in Akko was destroyed by the Bedouin ruler Zahir al-Umar in 1758 and he built a mosque on top of it. In exchange, the Akko Jews got a small building on the northern side of the mosque which is still a shul today and is called after the Ramchal. Rev. Israel's Salanter placed the Mesila Shasharm at the heart of the Musra movement. Although most of his writings were burnt, whatever survived is huge. The 70 Tikkunim Chadashim showed up in the Oxford Library in 1958. This is the 70 ways of understanding the last Pasuk in the Chumash. Apparently this was taught by the Magid and it parallels to Kunei Zoyar, where where ben Yechai writes 70 ways of understanding the first Pasuk of the Chumash. The Ramchal writes in Mesiel to spend at least some time thinking about something that is eternal, something Nitzchias. So here are the four questions that you should ask when thinking. Number one, what are you? Number two, why are you on this world? Why are you here? Number three, what does Hashem want from you? And number four, what's the end game? These four questions, says Dramchal, thinking about this is the greatest way of fighting the zeicha To walk in his footsteps, to live by what he taught and have the courage to do what we know is right. Thank you for listening.